I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing the NRL tour. And here we are. We've arrived on the doorstep of round one for the 2021 NRL season box head to kick off. And I'm very excited to watch some footy tomorrow night. Super excited, yeah. Season's uh, upon us. It's a great time of the year. Autumn's hit us. I've got sunburn as shit today at footy. but uh, Excellent. Yeah, looking forward to the, the, the really hot days. Subsiding and uh, some autumn weather, some some good footy. We've got some uh, looking at the draw, like Anzac Day's on a Sunday, so we're going to have a public holiday there. We've got Easter, which isn't far away. Uh, just a lot of good, a lot of good times ahead. Um, country starting to return back to normal, so you know, I think we're coming out of this rough little twelve month period we've had, and the sun the sun is starting to shine, so it's good footy tomorrow. Happy day, and what a belter! Melbourne South. First three Absolute weeks, cracker. as a Melbourne fan, excited for the clashes, just not happy they're all Thursday nights. Would have liked to have maybe gone to one of two if they're on the weekend, in particular the next two. I think Melbourne play Parramatta at Parra Thursday night and Penrith at Penrith Thursday night. I wish that yeah. was a Friday or a Saturday. Parra, I'll be going next Thursday night, I hope. I might just uh, go straight from training to the game. I was considering it, but again, with work, I'm not sure. The Penrith one I 100% go to, but I just wish it was a Friday or a Saturday. Mm. Yeah, it is what it is. Enjoy the night, but yeah, some just a quick shout out. Um, a good mate of mine, Timmy Witt, his birthday today, so happy birthday, Witt. And uh, sadly, during the week, him and Jess lost their um, lost their golden retriever, Forrest. Um, tragically passed away, and the uh, the pup was only six six years old, and we lost our golden retriever just on a year ago, and seventeen. Um, Fred. Yeah, old Fred got the. 17, named after the great Brad Fittler. But, um, <laughs> and no, she was a girl, look, by the way. Tim and, Tim and Jess, really rough thing to have to go through, and um, he was doing it tough on over the weekend, and so it was Jess. So just sending our love. I know that's a little bit self-indulgent to kick the show off, but no. if you don't like it, you can blow it out. And I've said it before, and I'll um, say it again. Yeah, Timmy, Timmy's a legend. Love you. Birthday today as well, so. Happy birthday. He's only 45. He's a good egg. He's, he's a, a legend. He's a Panther fan. Best mate since probably 14, I reckon, 13, 14. Just right up in his doorstep one day, and... I think our nan's a friend, so... Yep, and he'll be one of those mad bastards on the hill yelling abuse. Yep. Come uh, this weekend against the Cowboys. Head comes off, pumpkin goes on when that whistle goes in a Penrith game. It's That's great. right, and when schooners <laughs> get unleashed yeah, in the a riff. And uh, I, I guess the point like you've made before, some people go, it's just a pet. Well, you need to give yourself a triple. It's not just a pet. Whether you're it's into dogs, cats, whatever you're into, mate, pets are family. When Fred went last year... My oh, mi- we were both devastated. My, my missus, yeah. so that's the first time I've ever seen you cry. We've been dating for four yeah. years, and I was like, yep, yeah. and that's because I love the dog more than I like most people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a cry here on um, so, on Saturday when he sent me a message through because it, it's horrendous. 
and you just know what they're going through. And the, the, the worst part for me was, you know, the puppet had, uh, Forrest had had two knee recos and every time, like I've only been to Wits a couple of times, he's moved out to Silverdale, but every time he come, like Forrest is there and wagging his tail and they're just, Golden Retrievers are just special dogs. So They're awesome. Um, and just, he's just been robbed of life six years. It's terrible. So, so everybody out there, yeah. if, you, if you're a dog lover or animal lover in general like us, sad day. I've held it together here. I thought I might cry on the show, but I, I haven't. I've held it together. You're all good. I've done good. But back on the rugby league, like we said, round one is upon us. Tomorrow night, kickoff of the season, the storm up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs is going to be an absolute belter uh, for tonight. Basically, we'll look at round one in depth, the team list, any surprises, talk through what we think is going to happen in round one, um, give some betting predictions as we like to do, and we'll, I guess, just go through any news and signings and bits and pieces that have popped up over the last couple of days next week. Set of six will return, which is where, for anyone new, we go through six topics, opinions, discussion about anything, you know, sort of that we want to talk about from the week of rugby league and anything that's just happened. Power rankings, I reckon, similar to every other year. Give it a couple of weeks before we kick that off. It's pretty pointless. Um, after one or two rounds, probably yeah. round four maybe, after we got three or four weeks of football yeah. under our belt. So we, we get a bit of an idea and we'll start doing our weekly power rankings. Um, and... Tips, as always. Tipping cops on again for another year. But it's not just me and you. Last year, obviously, uh, we know our great mate, Mr. Gossett, Keefe. Keefe! He's had some changes to his work, and unfortunately, we don't get to have him on and talk crap every week, and you drinking your bath water like you used to, the prony, and a lot of his good one-liners, but he wants back in on the tipping cop. So he's in. There's three of us again. And we've actually got a fourth now. We've got Dean from the NRL Roast, who's keen to come on board as well. He loves a punt. Yep. So a couple of times this year, we've obviously lost Keefe coming on to be our Mr. Gossip, but we've got Dean, who's a bit of a footy nut and a country fella. I'm pretty sure 99% of people probably would have seen some of the I content. Did Keefe have the full support of the board? He's always had the full support <laughs> yeah, of the board. We yeah, love right, Keefe. Yeah. Keefe sacked himself. Yeah. Keefe did <laughs> That's what, right. He knew what Matty Elliott did yeah. when he walked in and pulled the tie up and just yeah. said, it's game over because, you know, work bites. And again, for anyone wondering why we weren't out last night, it's my fault again. Two weeks in a row, work a strap. We were sitting here, ready to rock and roll, just about to press record. My phone rang, and then I ended up at work. So, two weeks in a row. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm going to have full support of the board if things get going the way they are. No, it is what it is. Big drama. It is what but, it is. Um, there you go. On board. Dean, welcome. Uh, we love talking about footy, and we love a bet. And I know a lot of people out here like inbox us having a bet. So, every couple of weeks, you'll come on, shoot the breeze about some rugby league, and we'll Look, try and get I, some cash. And I know there's been some big news over the last 24 hours, but... I think the biggest news has been my blow up with Cooper on NRL 360 on Monday night, mate. I, I haven't accused I reported your the story. integrity, mate. I haven't questioned your integrity. You called me a double agent. He's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was Buzz. great. If anyone hasn't seen Buzz versus Cooper, and a lot of people enjoy the buzz, just just go go listen to it. Go watch it. Cooper was very I'll tell you how angry. widespread it was. There were kids at school on Tuesday like, watching it. On social media, it, like I was in the library second period, and just random kids, and all, all I could hear was multiple buzzers and multiple Coopers and mate, arguing what, about different things, mate. Cooper's one of the like, the biggest clean skins ever. You just tell. I've never seen him that worked up in my life. He was borderline snapping. I really enjoyed it at the end. Yeah, I enjoyed it as when well. When Benny Eichen said, have you buried the hatchet? And he's like, nah. No, nah, good. <laughs> he, was like it. Oh, he was off him. Like, he nah. was absolutely off We're him. We're not all good. A lot of people actually uh, back Buzz, which surprised me. I, I, thought, I thought they both had valid points. They got valid points. I, I, like for me, I don't have a problem with it. 
I think, again, I think he, of, of all people, and between the two clubs, they're not going to let somebody carry information two ways or work. For, like, I, I don't see yeah. much of an issue with it. But, yeah, like from Buzz's point of view, it is a story. It's something to get on board to. But, uh, yeah, old uh, Cooper, he's, like I said, the biggest clean skin of all, he was fidgeting in that chair. He was very, very irritated. Yeah. Would have been nice to just see him throw a bit of a jab at Buzz, Matt. Come on, Cooper, take a swing. Hmm. Come on, put one on my violin. Violin, mate. And uh, someone's just inboxed us to let us know that Hooper, who's another one of our favourites, called Cameron Smith a koala bear. Apparently on 360. Haven't Can watched I? it yet. I don't know. Is he trying to say he's a protected species? Because I've just seen an article that he's posted up saying that he'll be one of the greatest to ever go down, but not one of the greatest blokes. So, again, taking another cheap shot where he can. Old hoops. Quality yeah, it's, work. It's not the day for that. Nah, it's not. But uh, I guess before we get into round one, we talk about the news and some of the signs that are going on. The big news today probably is just that. Cameron Smith, it's announced he's retired. Yeah. Officially career over 430 games. And I'm not going to go through all the numbers because everyone's heard it 7,000 times today. But I think the most insane part, and we've talked about this multiple times, is longevity, availability. He was basically never, ever injured. Got through all the rep stuff, all the long off-seasons, long finals campaigns, um, and just sustained excellence, which is the hardest thing to have. It's one thing to play 15 years, 20 years, but some guys move to a different position, go to the bench, this, that, and the other. But sustained excellence and availability almost over two decades and playing at the highest level. Um, As a Melbourne fan, I'm stoked that he's retiring and not playing somewhere else. Not because I wouldn't have enjoyed it. I said to you, if he went to the Gold Coast, that in itself is exciting, but just... For that career at one club, and of all places, Melbourne, which is, of all the places you start a rugby league team, you wouldn't have thought you would have had success, but they hit the ground running early doors, that premiership in the second year, and it continued on, and then Bellamy and these guys that have come through, such as him, Cronk, Slater, Inglis, um, just, like, you run out of superlatives to talk about the bloke. Mm. But those two things for me, in particular, being a Melbourne fan, availability all over all those years, like, last year was the first time in a long time I can remember him missing games from injury when he had that AC joint. Prior to that, I think it was an elbow, maybe early 11, 12, something like that. Um, they, they said... <clears throat> insanity, I think. Less than 20 games? NRL Physio put something up today saying he played 97% of the games he was available to play throughout his career over all the time, including rep football, which is ridiculous for a guy that makes... And the game has only got harder and harder and harder on the body. Yeah. And he's only got older and older and older. So when you look at physiologically, the likelihood of injury would increase when the oh. intensity increases and your age increases. And to, to have played in 97% of games, people can say it's luck all they want. It's not luck. It's It no. just shows his preparation. And also, his technique, his skill. You know, the, just the subtleties, his tackle technique, uh, his ability to just avoid awkward collisions and awkward movements in tackles. There's some guys you, you coach and you come across in footy and they just they just always seem to be involved in... Yeah, they're too rash or yeah, aggressive. They're too or... aggressive. They can't control their tempo. There's just certain certain types of players that are more prone to injury. But and especially There's one thing I could... You'd never say about Cameron Smith. He's, he's always controlled his tempo. He's always... He's never looked like he was on the verge of an injury, so... No, or like, like you're saying, especially since we've gone to this age of group tackling or needing to with the physical yeah. capabilities of some players... It's awkward sometimes coming in second or third or being one of those guys in when someone else comes in and you generally get injured now from your own teammates. Yeah. I, yeah. Like his, in terms his approach of to everything is just... This debate that, that reigns on about is he the greatest player ever, 
So well, he's he's definitely by the length of the Flemington Strait the best hooker ever mm. by an absolute country mile. Is he better than Johns? I don't know. Well, I think you can I think also he played say... he played in a better side than Andrew Johns for a long period of time. I think I think Billy Slater is length of the Fleming Fleming and Strait the best fullback of all time. I I'm not sure that Billy isn't too far off Johns and, and Smith. So I think you say one thing, I think he's the greatest winner of all time. Absolutely. Yeah. His actual yeah. wins were three hundred and ten for his well, career. He won which what, is nine straight origins? Most than, you know, people play games in general. That would be in the top twenty or thirty, wouldn't it? Just on wins alone. Yeah. For his career, which is ridiculous. The all time record holder, point scoring. But again, like the big thing, we've said this a million times, one of the biggest things in football is just being available. Yeah. Like to be available for that period of time and have that sustained excellence and be number one in your position, he was barely challenged along the way. And anyone that sort of came to challenge him, um, he just kept kicking on. We've seen Farah for a few years, people argue about that, and he's played well past Robbie Farah. He started off his career dueling with Denny Badiris. He had a lot more strings to his bow than Denny Badiris ever did. And I think much like today with all the frustration with media but, and but people yeah, throwing going up back excuses to that, is... I think Badiris, up until when he retired, was by far and away the best hooker of all time as well. And there was a lot of commentary around, like, who's going to surpass Badiris? Yeah. And the guy that did was, was already playing and building his reputation up. So it, what Smith's done is, in, is incredible. Yeah. Uh, and... Full credit to him. I hope he. I'm glad he took his time retiring. I I was super excited for him to come and play for the Titans. I, I really. I think up until sort of mid February, I thought it was a really really big chance. And then the further it went along, closer to kickoff date, I thought no, nah, like I just can't see Cameron Smith turning up round one and saying, "Hey boys, I'm going to play." Like he, that's not the type of person I believe he is. I don't think he's that type of teammate. I think he would have at least liked to have played one trial and at least liked to have trained for whatever period of time he would have normally trained with Melbourne post a return grand final or reps. You he, know, like, he so, would have wanted to impose, not like impose in a bad way, but he would have, would have wanted to rally that group if he was going to get on board for no, a charge yeah, that, for a whole oh, preseason. Yeah, there's yeah. no doubt. But it's just about being a professional. Yeah, you can't just like day one and go, I'm all good. That's, that's not him. No. He, if he was going to commit to the Gold Coast or Brisbane... He would have been in day one or at least normal time after a break. He would have been around everything, like you're saying, raising the bar, holding the standard, which yeah. is another one of the parts that Melbourne Storm, Craig Bellamy, everyone has spoken so highly about the stuff you don't see that he does at Melbourne. As a, as a Titans fan, I'm disappointed. Yeah. But as a rugby league fan, I think it's for the best. I think it's the best that he retires as a one-club player. And I think it's fantastic that he retires post a premiership. Yeah. All, all the good stuff. Good on him. 100%. Good on him. Excellent career. And like I said, been lucky enough to watch him, Slater, Cronk, Inglis. There's been some outstanding players at Melbourne, but uh, Smith just, wow. And again, what a way to yeah, go. You've had a real tough trot, haven't you? Premiership. Premiership to finish things off. So, what a career. But other news and signings. Mitchell Pearce, after all the off-season drama, one-year cool. extension. Wow. At a cut price deal. So still on big bickies this year, but I think uh, the way things went down there, uh, I don't know if we're really, really surprised that he didn't get a multiple-year extension or as much money. They're in a bit of a situation now with the younger kids they've got coming through and having to upgrade some players that I'm sure they would have been going to the table playing a little bit more of a hard ball with Pierce. And also on top of that, he's been good while he's been there, but he hasn't been great on a consistency basis. So I think they, they wouldn't have been breaking the bank for him. 
Do I think there would have been interest elsewhere? Someone would have been interested in Mitchell Pearce. Definitely. But I think for Newcastle, without being too crude, the whole off-season situation kind of played into their favour, given where they're at right now. Yeah, but I, I think outside of that, they need to make an on-field decision about, mm. is he the man moving forward? For Who have we months. got? Who have we got there that can replace him? No one and right I always say this about recruitment retention. You need to make sure that if you're going to move someone on, yeah. And it's not about money and it's not about them wanting to leave. It's a, if it's if you get into negotiations and the player wants to stay and you want to keep them, then you need to work it out. If if the player wants to stay and you're in a position where you're thinking about whether you want to retain them, you know, you've you've always got to look at who can we get or who do we have that's potentially better than him. Mm. And in this case, I think the best thing for Newcastle right now was to retain Mitchell Pearce. You know, we're gonna we're gonna see in the long term in how Newcastle play, and probably more how they behave and their body language and how they interact around what impact the off-field stuff has had. Because we're we're clutching straws trying to work out what impact it's had. That they might run out this weekend and look totally disjointed and off each other. They might run out this weekend and be, you know, um, totally resilient and totally all bonded together. We don't know. So you make that judgment as as you see fit with their performances on the field, but yeah, you know I think it's the right move. Mitchell Pearce, I think. How would I sum up his time so far in Newcastle? I think he's been good without being great. Yeah, I think they'd be disappointed. They probably would have wanted more. However, has he improved the team? Yes. yes. Has he improved the team as much as what they probably thought? No. no. But I also think on that factor, and again, not making excuses. Oh, I'd say the same thing about Ponga for the last eight months There's been well. horrible injury Like last yeah. year, he had that many halves partners, and the same problem we've talked about. When it's all on Mitch, which is a seven's job as you get older to guide a team, there's only so much you can do. When you're yeah. kicking, organising, running the whole team, and you're getting no help, Ponga's injured, not really had it, to my memory, still a big game, as I've said before, against the top eight side or a heavyweight. Mm. They lost their nine after two games last year. Oh, he showed flashes. Sixes. He showed flashes that yeah. he could be the best player in the game. But I'm talking about consistency. Yeah. and that's against probably the best teams. I probably didn't articulate that enough then. It's, I'm talking about consistency of performance yeah. for long periods of time to push yourself into that top four, to push yourself into that premiership window, premiership threat. They're not there at the moment. No, and with... Players. But they've got the players there potentially to get them there. Oh, and like you said, with the group they've got coming through, they've upgraded a lot of guys. Yeah. They've had some decisions to make. For the next 12 months, they've already got him locked in. 12 months on top, I don't blame them because they're not going to be able to go into the market and break the bank even if they wanted to. Yeah. So they get him at a reasonable sort of price. And for an example of where they're at, we've already seen it. It basically was announced this week that Edric Lee, who's injured, uh, won't be getting re-signed and he's apparently trying to get out of there right now. Yeah. even though he's just played Origin, which, again, there were some injuries which probably led to him getting that debut. But with Best, Stafford, Toa, some of the guys they've got coming through, they've got some decisions to make. Yeah. So getting a bit of a discount on your halfback with the situation they've got and some of the players they've got there, it isn't a bad thing for Newcastle right now. Yeah. Um, and I guess that's the second part on top of that, talking about Edric Lee. So there's a bit out of Newcastle. And I'm following that, the upgrading and signing of Best for 2024 one of the best up-and-coming players in the competition. I'm sure they're happy about that. Yeah. He, yeah, he's a good centre. But, yeah. again, consistency. He's, he's had some injuries, so... Yeah. Uh, I want to see more from him. You know, what sort of what sort of money are we talking? I'm not so sure of the figures, but I'm going to assume with the market... What would you be comfortable age, paying him? Probably 600, I reckon he would have got. I reckon yeah. he might have got more, to be honest. They're talking stags is up for 800,000 off an ACL. Yeah, so. but best isn't stags. No, nah, but I'm... We're talking off an ACL, like we're not talking 
we're talking best being in the mix to play Origin just like Stage was. So I'm, you don't think clubs would have been paying? Like we're talking about the Bulldogs potentially playing six hundred thousand for a back row. I don't, I don't think I don't think grade. the position of centre is worth like, eight hundred thousand dollars. There seems to be a bit of a resurgence for a lot of people now with these change. Like Lomax last year got that ridiculous five year six hundred thousand dollar extension at the Dragons. And did gave he play him. up to it? I thought he was good last yeah. year, but I don't know if he gets six hundred thousand dollars worth of value. But no, I'm just saying, I, I, in my opinion, you can get better centers for across less, across the board. I'm there. just saying, I think there would have been clubs willing to pay six seven hundred thousand. Like well, look at look at Melbourne. When's the last time they've gone out and paid big money for a center? Not for a long time. Well, they've been go. producing their own, and then they move on from them. So I'm just saying, on open yeah. market, there. Mm. Um, I, I just think it's a position that's overvalued. I don't know what the value of the contract was, but I, I dare say. They were quick to extend him, and he still had a year to go. I'm pretty sure they would upgrade him for this year. Like if I've got if I've got stags, eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred. Oh, it's a lot of whack. That's, that's man. my point. And right now, that's one of the next pieces of news. The teams have been narrowed sort of for he's at. He's basically signaled that he wants to stay at the Broncos, but yeah. the Eels with the Michael Jennings situation and having a couple of younger guys well, there, they're sniffing around. The Bulldogs basically the other day were brought up again. I don't know how many outside backs they're going to buy, but. Talk that they are happy to pay up in the region of seven eight hundred thousand. The Titans are interested, but again, cat wise, I don't think your mob would be going anywhere near that sort of vicinity. But I think the one thing he's but got, the one thing Brisbane have got going for him is third parties. Yeah, they'll be able to bury some of that. That's yeah, for sure. definitely. Which is one thing a lot of clubs can't do. And so. and I guess that's the uh, that that's that grey area of the figure. If you say oh, it's eight hundred, okay, but is it eight hundred on the cat? Probably not. Probably. You know, six fifty seven hundred on the cap. So, anyway, we'll see what plays out. I, yeah, interesting that the you're right in that if that's the sort of money that's getting thrown around, then the center, I guess the value of a center has certainly taken a a, a clip up oh, from what it was over the last sort of three or four to come years. Back a little bit, for yeah, sure. Interesting. But yeah, the, the other day when they were talking, I, I'd heard they were keen to get best locked up. Yeah. But you're talking an upgrade now, twenty twenty one, two, three, four on top for a guy that's borderline playing origin. I don't think they would have got him for any less than 600000 And the market, I'm sure, would have had plenty of people interested. So it's a big investment. But, yeah, when I heard Stags talk for 800000 I thought, no offence, I don't care if you are the best centre in the competition, similar to you from a coaching perspective and a salary cap, I would not put $800,000 into a centre. I think you can get good enough players, similar to what you're saying, in the centre position. Pending, pending what else you've got, and is he the best centre in the game? If he's the best center in the game, then you you know you're paying. But yeah, it's a big whack, mm. big whack of cash. So we're interested to see how the Stags thing plays out again. Missing half this year, potential that ACL, um, but center seems to be back on the rise. The young bloke I talked about, Brendan Pycura at the Broncos. What do you reckon Steve Crichton would have got? He's just re-signed. Mate, they reckon he was up near seven hundred thousand. Same okay. deal. That that started. See, I, I'd rather pay Steve Crichton seven hundred than pay Stags eight hundred or best six hundred. There you go. Yeah. And so I think one thing you maybe, say maybe for it all, depends on though, the player. all borderline rep players all young. Yeah. Um, I think on the flip side for Crichton, throwing in what you're talking about, Crichton's also come through the juniors playing six at fullback. So I think he's more than just a centre. He's playing centre for the Panthers, yeah. but I think if they, they're in a situation where if they had someone else come through, and we've talked about before with Edwards or someone else, or they lost the half and needed him, like... It's not that you want to use in that way, but I think there's more value to the money you're paying someone like a Crichton knowing what he can do. Mm. And he's also a goal kicker. He doesn't kick for them right now because they've got Clear, who's probably the best goal kicker in the comp sides out of Reynolds. But there's a lot of strings to his bow that 
go into more what you're saying, I guess, when you bring up that package. But for Penrith, they would have been a bet high-fiving each other last year when they thought they had him on that handshake deal yeah. before he got a real manager. And as we know, managers do. They do <laughs> they do their work. The talk originally was they had a handshake deal for close to probably mid-400s. Yeah. And it was going to be three years. Now we're talking 700,000. So to the point of what we said about Penrith moving players on, accelerated success, accelerated your salary cap. And... You know, yeah, that's true. It also brings more expectation. If Crichton doesn't play this year, close to what he did last year, but he's like you know close to it, a lot of people will probably be upset with him, mm. which is the expectation that comes with that sort of money. But only time will tell. But speaking of big money, uh, the Bulldogs again linked to just about everyone. I mentioned a few weeks ago, Brendan Paikura, the young back rower, former Australian schoolboy, uh, apparently a few times is supposed to have come down and seen the facilities. It was supposed to have happened within the last week, but. Again, we talk about big sums of money for young players. The talk of a figure being close to 600000 for a bloke who hasn't played first grade, to me, is just insane. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, if well, like, good luck if you want to pay oh, it. Good luck to you, but I, I, I hope, certainly wouldn't be paying I it. I hope he is everything and more if that's how keen they are, but I just I can't fathom with someone like Riki on the mark, coming off the market, who's played a couple of games and you've seen something like Pike up against his own age group, 100%. But when you haven't even seen him play first grade yet, I, I looked the other day to see if he was part of the top squad yet at Brisbane. He's a development player this year. So obviously that, that means you can't play until after round 16 or without enough injuries to get an exemption. If they think he's walking out the door, I doubt they're going to hand him a debut. Yeah. But I just think that's, that's a hell of an investment, like I said again, in somebody who hasn't played a game yet. Yeah. And he, mind you, they set up the 12 clubs are interested, all the big wigs, no surprise, Melbourne Roosters, etc. But... That's a hell of a swing, if that is true, for the Bulldogs to be going that hard for an 18-year-old. Yeah. Um, that's really, really, really big money. But time will tell. Brisbane again, talking of players and everyone getting bandied around there. The Dearden decision, not picked this week. He's in the extended squad, went to visit the Cowboys last week. What's your opinion on this situation? If I, I, I don't know, because I haven't seen him play. I haven't seen him train. But if you're the Cowboys, you've got Morgan had some injuries. You've got Clifford who's leaving. You've got Drinkwater who says he wants to play halves. He's been picked again at fullback this week. If- I guess the, the bigger question for from Brisbane's perspective is, are you going to keep Milford? Because if you're not going to keep Milford, is, is Croft and Deard in the way forward? Or are we moving one of them on as well oh, and then trying Croft. to find a six? Yeah, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate yeah. because realistically, if you're going to move off Milford and you're not real keen on Dearden, you've, you're realistically going to have to move Two of your halves, two of your three halves. But you're probably going to need a new pairing full stop. Yeah, and and who's available? Unless and Croft has a massive turnaround. Um, you know, who else do you have? They could go in, in your junior system. It's it's a difficult one. Um, I, I like Didden, but but what what sort of pisses me off a little bit, and and I'll say this as someone who is just a coach, not a coach involved at a club, and I'll tell you why in a second, but. What pisses me off is they, they bring these halves in really young and they tout them as the next big thing. They give them a handful of games and then they bump them. Dump them, yeah. Right? And then there's just this stench that gets attached to them. And for whatever reason, whoever the coach is thinks, well, I'm not going to bring him in because I don't want to feel as though I can't fix him or I can't get him to play his best. Everyone says that they should develop them and give them time, but no coach really wants to... Get in the trenches, or in C, like look at Seabold's case, you don't get the time because you just you're under pressure if your team's not performing. And not to say that that was all on Dearden and the Haas, but they had a big part to play in it. Uh, from a club perspective, though, and then when you're in that hot seat, 
you're looking for someone who can get you a win now. And if you know that these halves, these young halves aren't that person for the job, you then start to make these choppy decisions. But for the long-term betterment of the club, that Brisbane now, they won a wooden spoon last year. They would have been better playing Dearden in every game last year. Yeah, just And at least seeing what, well, see what you've got. Is he the man for the future? Yes, no, maybe. You probably have to give him this year as well. I, I really don't think you can make... Solid calls on halves until, gee, I, you'd like to think they could get at least 30 first grade games. Well, the the ones that are top end players, the guys that come through and you go, they're, they're going to be NRL players. The guys you've got to throw in and, and you're not real sure and you know they play a handful of games and they're clearly not up to it, okay, move them on. But for these guys like Dearden who get thrown in yeah, and get just resold out the back door, you've got to think about where his confidence is is he getting the development that he needs at, New- at Queensland Cup level? Well, no, because it's not. The it's not NRL. It's not. A, he needs NRL no. reps. He needs NRL games. Uh, and you know, Kevin Walters, and I respect Kevin Walters' position as well because he's sort of thinking, well, I'm trying to get this club back off off its knees. I want to kick this off via winning as well. And I'm looking at Dean going. He needs more time, but someone's got to give him that time. Someone's got to give him that experience. So they've got to make a decision as to whether they're really going to put the time and effort into developing him as a long-term NRL player or bump him and go and buy someone who's ready now. And on the flip of what you're saying, I completely agree because people that criticised Melbourne's decision to let Croft go last year, I thought, well... What but else, they at least gave... That's my they point. Gave what what else do you want him to see? But he games. had the opposite of what you just said. The best environment, best coaching, Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, all yeah, these weapons true. around yeah. him. Yeah. They had him in and out for long stretches over three years, got to play at least 50 games, and it didn't work. Yeah. So what did you want them to do? And people are like, oh, you've pushed him out. He's the next call. Clearly he's not the next Cooper Cronk, but they gave it three years and multiple He played trials. 40 games in Melbourne. There Still, you go. That's three seasons worth that. He had multiple opportunities to prove that that was his jersey. Games. Anyone that said no Jerome Hughes, they won the comp last year and they've just re-signed him for three years. So again, yeah, they gave enough chances. But the difference is, like you said, they gave the chances. They have the perfect setup. All the best tools around him, weapons, coaching, and mentors, and it didn't work out. For Dearden's situation, I think, similar to what you're saying, it's even worse when they get resold once they've been thrown into the deep in way too early, which he was. Yeah. But you've also got no support around you. The club's falling apart. The team's going absolutely awful, and you're the most important player steering the ship. The one thing I will say for him, and for any kind of knock on, oh, I may have lost control of the game, but like I said, the house is burning down around him. The best part to me watching him even in those terrible games he's just a tough little bastard hmm. he's, he's a played solid 17, defender 17 games across two seasons yeah and they've been two ordinary seasons he's 19 he got a good taste when they were going okay the first year and I thought he was really good in that four or five game stretch in particular that ugly game we saw him have against the Warriors over there where they just pummeled him and he tackled everything and they got away with a squeaky win he had an injury last year and then when he got his opportunity the team was already burnt to the ground like, yeah. what do you expect yeah so I'm just interested to think, um, you know, that I'm not saying they're off him straight away, but when he's looking at a rival there, they're clearly not soldering. Mm. But the Cowboys must be keen because they apparently got him up there, had Thurston there, rolled out the red carpet. So in their situation, um, depending on how things work out, there's a clear interest there. But I just thought if you're the Brisbane Broncos, Croft, Milford, Dearden right now, wouldn't you want to keep Dearden? I want to keep Dearden. I don't think you've got to break yeah, the bank to keep I, I'd move off Milford. I think Milford's had long enough. Yeah, well, 2015. He's too inconsistent. And he's chewing up too much money for someone who doesn't 
decide the result of games in your favour enough throughout a season. Yeah. Speaking of those halves, I think we announced it just before we got off the air last week, but the Storm, Jerome Hughes stays three years. They're saying close to $2 million. The offer apparently at New Zealand was 2.5. Originally, they looked at him as a fullback. When he said he wanted to be a half, they were fine with that as well. But yeah, I think this is another one of those situations where we talk about it again, and I said it to you that I wouldn't have gone any harder than what they did. And it's a question of, do I want to go here and get the best contract, or do I think my best situation is here in Melbourne? And I said the same thing at the time. There's a ceiling to what you can pay Jerome Hughes, because I think the system brings out the best in what he does. Yeah. And he has to make that decision. And clearly, in the end, signing three years and for a little bit less, he's made that decision that his best situation is to stay right there where he is in Melbourne. So, yeah. Like the signing? Yeah, happy, yeah, I do. Would you be happy with that compared to 800 sort of thousand, 850 if you're paying 2.5, around 600 for Hughes? Premiership winner now, played for New yeah, Zealand. He's he's earned, I think, that contract. He's won a comp. Played fantastic in the finals last year. Came so along really well, He's too. proved that he can do it in big games. And, again, they've chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And he's in a good position. He's got a coach that's got a history of being able to manufacture halves. He's got, you know, a fantastic young hooker, a fantastic young fullback around him. So, you know, and one of the best 5'8s in the game. So why would you be moving anywhere? I think it's just smart. Mm. You could go to the Warriors and take the extra 100, 200K and then in two years' time, no one want you because you just don't have those players around you. And you So long-term, I think it's a really good decision. Yeah. He's a Melbourne player, don't you think? Like, he's just... Now he's sort of been there and come through the system and won a comp and I agree, developed. Yeah. Like, he just... It, it, it'd feel a little bit weird for him to leave He him. obviously got the very early debut, one game from John Cartwright, then got the arse at 18, then went to the Cowboys, had to wait a few years, got the arse from there, and then it took probably... A year in Melbourne, waiting for an opportunity. Got some cracks at fullback, looked good. Got some time in the halves. Yeah, but now, I, 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 like you said, what, in my opinion, I feel as though Bellamy would have moved off someone yeah, like him. They've put the work into him yeah. to get him to that point, like you're saying right now, which I think he's probably realised that he's been to a few places. He's got his best football there. He's won a comp. He's got himself, Munster, good forward, Pap, Pappenhausen. That situation clearly is the best fit for where he is right now yeah. and taking a little bit less, whether he has been on average money for a few years now. Still a pretty good whack of cash. Yeah. So at least he looks like he's prioritised trying to be successful over just taking the best paycheck he can get. A few smaller signings. Tom Amona, former forward that played a handful of games for South, has gone to the West Tigers for one year. He's fresh off an ACL, so finding himself an opportunity, that's good for him. Um, there's obviously some upgrades, a couple of last minute, but one that I was particularly taken by, and I mentioned him in our previews for Parramatta, if you haven't listened in yet, was Viliami Panasini, the young centre uh, who was a gun in SG ball, looked pretty good in the trials. He's been moved into the top 30, and I dare say long-term, I think he's the one that will probably take that Michael Jennings spot. Opacek's got first crack. Um, he'll probably do a solid enough job. I don't know if Penasini will be in straight away, but um, I think he's the one who's the heir apparent to probably play in that spot, and rightfully so. He's got a two-year upgrade now, a local junior, so keep your eyes on him during the year. If he gets that opportunity, he'll be playing cup to start off with. Big yep. jump up from SG Ball, but he's a good footballer, so keep your eyes on Viliami Penasini. And uh, the Reynolds situation at South, they, he wanted a three- or four-year extension. We heard they're going to stay solid on a one-year extension. Wayne Bennett has basically come out and prompted that he thinks you know it'll get worked out and salary caps obviously contribute to the situation, but uh, I guess it's not his decision anymore. He's being moved on, but he probably dropped enough of a hint today that he thinks that it would be a bad idea for them 
to move away from Adam Reynolds. He did say one thing, though, that it's about length and terms and one side's going to have to make a sacrifice Yeah, because of development, again, of players they've had through, players they've signed, and if he, he wants to be there and they want him to be there, they're going to have to meet somewhere in the middle. So bit of last 24, 48 hours is that if they come to the table with at least a two-year deal, then he will most likely stay. Yeah. But I don't blame them for not wanting to give him, say, four years, 800000 I wouldn't want to pay him that either. No. And no. again, like we said last week, he may have close to the best kicking game, gets dropouts, goal kicking, etc. but he doesn't run the football enough. He may not be injured per se when people say, well, he's played 20-something games, but he's constantly going down in games. He's not the best defensive player. I think what he adds to that mix definitely has value, and you want him there in that team. But again, to fit him with Cody Walker, Cook, some of the contracts they've got and what they've got now in that side, he has to fit to them, I think, now. Yeah. They have fallen over in three prelim finals. It's not all on Adam Reynolds, as been mentioned by some people, but he's got to take some responsibility for probably not playing his best football in the big games, and they haven't had great final success in recent years. So, again, if they meet somewhere in the middle, uh, I think good for both sides. If he was to leave the club, I guess the real question is, where do you go? Like Someone like Brisbane mentioned before may have the bank to bring him up there, but he doesn't have all that help around him that he does at South Sydney. It's a completely different situation. West Tigers and his old coach, Maguire, possibly. Brooks has, you know, had a long time there. Mm. You've got other options. Would they consider having a look at him? Is there some other clubs? Mitchell Moses is getting his extension. Oh, there'd be, there'd be plenty that would Parramatta, Would Parramatta consider it? I think there'd be options there, but I, I think similar deal for him. Your best situation's at South, figure something out. Yeah. Four years, one year, meet somewhere in the middle, figure out the cash. Like, if they said two years, $600,000 a year, I don't think that's that bad. No. I think that'd be the best idea for him to stay right where he is. But we'll see how that one plays out. And uh, last little bit before we kind of finish up here, Corey Norman, he appealed that suspension. No dice. That stands. Um, and the fine, I think it was only one game. And then today, Victor Radley it's come out. He's got a two-game suspension for an incident at Byron. It wasn't quite clear. First, it was a possibly a street fight, and then someone said he tackled. So I don't even know what it was. I'm not really interested in it, but it was more interesting for me, and I think we mentioned it before. A lot of these guys for things like that or Norman's situation, you know, whether you believe it was the case or not, was supposedly sticking up for himself when they were approached by a group of blokes and they were with girls and racially vilified. You know, you look at that, but then you look at someone like Brett Naden who got done... And I know the rules have changed for recreational drugs and the suspension's already been served in that time and Penrith have obviously now imposed their own couple of game suspension. But do we really think some of these other incidents are as bad as what happened with Brent Naden? Well, that's, this like, is the thing, isn't Penrith it? Penrith didn't impose that. How long is a piece of string? That banned themselves. They apples and apples? Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's interesting, isn't it? There is one common thing I will say. Though. A lot of these incidents involve alcohol again, so... Yeah. Um, but no, I'm not, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I'm just sitting there going, well, again, consistency on a lot of these things still doesn't seem to really apply. Um. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
not baffled, but sometimes I'm still a little bit confused when some of these results come out from these situations. But rugby league, there's never a dull moment. And rugby league, there's yeah. always something happening off field, even when uh, it's not exactly the greatest thing that's happening off field. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Good chat. Round one. The games we've got ahead. Storm South's first to kick us off. The double on Friday night. Newcastle and the Dogs, the early game. Broncos, Eels, the late game. Super Saturday, early game. Your Gold Coast Titans up against the Warriors. The Roosters up against Manly. Panthers, Cowboys down here in the Rift to close things out. And the Sunday double. The Raiders versus the Tigers. And then the clash between the Dragons and the Sharkies. It's not a bad first round. Great first round. Not bad at all. Let's look at these team lists. Let's get some tips from ourselves and obviously Dean from the roast and Mr. Gossip himself. Uh, and we'll look at some odds. And Always hard to pick some winners or put some big bets on a week one, so I think I'll be holding back the trigger there. Maybe a couple of try scorers or something small, but I, there definitely won't be any crazy multis or anything, that's for sure. No, not this week. It's always a, a bit touch and go. A bit of wait and see. Whatever you think, just go the opposite usually. That's, that's always a good formula. Well, that first game we spoke about, Storm... Down at Amy Park to kick things off up against South Sydney. Uh, start of a completely new chapter for Melbourne Storm. We've Absolutely, yeah. The big three, the big four. Back to the big three. We've had the transition out of Cronk leaving. Hughes coming in after Croft. We've had Slater go, Pappenhausen come in. And obviously now we start the generation where Harry Grant was out. Now he's back. He's injured. Brendan Smith gets first crack there. But probably the biggest turning of the page, uh, I think, as far as those players are left without no Cameron Smith. Yeah. Uh, this year's really a new chapter for Melbourne Storm, potentially the last season of Craig Bellamy, even though there's a lot of talk where he might end up. Can they get him to stay for one more year and coach or, and help that transition? Um, but absolutely massive. And on South Sydney side of things, for everybody, they're the favourite, basically. The red-hot favourite coming into it. There's a lot of pressure. It's Wayne's final ride. Wayne. Hey, Wayne at the South. Uh, the final page here for him before he moves off God knows where if he stays there takes up the job at the Brisbane Jets if that comes to fruition and all the every, Brisbane Jets everything else he's been linked to but uh, 0 and 16 is their record against the Storm at Amy Park and crazy huh? Craig Bellamy has never lost a round one game but I'm going to say it I think if there was ever a year you think it could happen this is potentially it it's been a short turnaround in the off season they finished the year later than most that a big Rep representation, and I thought maybe there'd be some kinks early on trying to work out the spine combination and the way they're going to play. And I think even more so now that Harry's not playing because Brandon is a completely different hooker to Cameron Smith, obviously. But I think Harry has some sort of strings to his bow as far as his passing width, bit of work around dummy half, whereas Brandon's more just pick up the ball, go flat, fast, play short. Um, they've got a new right hand combination, Remus Smith. With Branko out, he's going to play right centre. George Jennings gets a debut on the right wing. So that's something, obviously, for South to uh, try and acquaint themselves with. Mm-hmm. They're going to be on their very, very dangerous left-hand side. So they can expect plenty of traffic there. Head-to-head uh, head in their history. 28-5. Yeah, 0-16 down at Amy Park. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to tip Melbourne based on that. So even with... I don't care. Yep. I don't care. Because it's round one... Season opener, first home game in Melbourne in God knows how long. Did they play one game down there last year? I don't uh, they played any games down there. I don't they? think we did. We played We played Sydney, I think, for both. Round one, I can't remember. Who we played? We played Brisbane? the Sharks and Manly. We played at Brookvale first. Yeah. 
and then we played the Sharkies at Cogra. There you go. And that was it. So they haven't played a home game in Melbourne. All the shit that's gone on in Melbourne, uh, you know, you've had the Smith retirement. I I don't care. I, look, Rabbitohs may come out and win, and good on them if they do. Their charity shield form. If I'm picking on form, I'm picking the Rabbitohs. Mm. Picking on history and what the numbers are telling me, and too often we overlook that. I'm just I'm going with Melbourne. What is it? Sixteen and zero, Bellamy, in round one. No, that's the record of South never at lost Amy Park. Yeah, Bellamy's never lost since he's been at Melbourne in round Please, one. Please play on. Yeah, I'm tipping Melbourne. So I think you're a fool not to. Forward pack. Obviously, we said new right edge. Tip South. Gather reverse. Brandon Smith eight. at nine. Nah, I'll get behind the storm. Good. Uh, forward pack still intact. Nelson starts at lock. Back row still the same. Welch up in the front row with Bromwich. The bench a little bit different this year. No Tino, obviously a big loss as well. Tui Kamikamika, who started the year very, very well, then had back surgery on the bench with Tommy Eisenhuth. Bit of versatility. I like Chris Lewis. Yep. Nico Hines. And Lewis is a late bloomer. I, I like him. him. He played down here under Demetrio in that red-hot Steelers team that upset Mounties probably five years ago. And then he went up there and he's been a slow build, but persistence pays off. Got a debut late. Nice. Um, Sias, as we talked about. Latrell is back at the back. Red hot back line. Mansour jumped straight on that wing. Looked like they were going to start off with Paulo, but um, he's straight into the starting side there. The forward pack, we saw great development last year from Tavita Totola. Sua, Murray back healthy from that injury. Host has won the battle for the first crack on that edge with Bailey Sirena moving on. I'm more assuming they still want a bit more impact off their bench, so they're going to use Kalama Tungi in that role. If you ask me, who could probably be more dynamic and damaging? I'd say Colin Matungi. Yeah. But Host is more than solid. Good line runner, good feet. Will do a really good job there. I'm just more looking, thinking they want more off their bench, which is a big part of this new game. So Colin Matungi, Arrow to roll in off the bench as well to start with. Nichols and Benji Marshall gets a run straight away as the utility. Yeah. And I guess, again, in these new rules, we'll see how it plays out over the year. But by the looks of a lot of teams, there's a lot more teams picking an outside back halves hooker-type extra player, thinking possibly, I guess, with the speed of the game, that that's going to be something that they want to use. Mm. So we're both on the storm. Uh, Dean from the Roast is also on the storm, and so is Mr. Gossip. So Clean sweep to the storm. Sweep. We're all on the storm and Should the odds. South. They're $1.95. South Sydney, $1.85. And the line is minus one and a half in favour of the Melbourne Storm. Game two... For the round, Newcastle Knights, 6pm kickoff. McDonald Jones up against the Bulldogs. Couple of players missing. Texoy is obviously going to be filling in for Kalen Ponga at fullback. Blake Green not ready to go for the start of the year. But Mann had a very, very good year last year. Is in at six. Jaden Braley back after giving some good flashes in those first two games. He's obviously now back and basically like a new signing. If, he, if he's anything like he was before he went, it's going to be huge. Back row, different. Frizzell, obviously, now there with Barnett, which is very, very good. And they've gone lightweight with these new rules. Connor Watson, starting lock. So, yeah. obviously looking to play a fast, up-tempo game. And set it before, Edric Lee injured and potentially leaving the club. Basically, being told that they're not going to be re-signing him. Stafford Tower, who's been a young up-and-comer, gets first crack on that wing. A little bit light on the bench, maybe, with Josh King, Brody Jones, a couple of guys there. Jacob Safedi had a good year last year. So, Sue's not a bad value pickup. Um... Yeah, on the dog side of things, fresh start, new fullback, Corey Allen, Avarillo at six, as I was hoping would be the case, with uh, Kyle Fleming and Sione Katoa gets first crack at nine with Marshall King out in a bit of a, a late debut, but a guy that had plenty of junior talent. Bradley Dietz is the bench hooker for this game. 
come through the system at the Sharks there, played Australian schoolboy. He's been at a couple of the clubs. 26, getting a run. Mounties so, player, mate. Did the preseason go. with us. Uh, then around Christmas time, went up to the Doggies as a bit of a reward because of how good he was going with us and hasn't come back. Hasn't come back, gone outstanding. Super happy for him. Um, and it's just exciting for, you know, the, the program for us coaches at Mounties in the, in the program, in the Cup program, in the Ron Massey Cup program to see someone progress through. I've said it before and I'll say Fantastic. it again. It's not everything to have had those junior accolades, but you don't become an Australian schoolboy by mistake. He no, had, you don't. He had some injuries. He had a bit of bad luck. He was at two clubs where he had Michael Innes and then he was at the Roosters as a backup when they had friend, Verils, etc. So he's been in talented groups. Yep. We've seen a couple of guys get late start. Like Damien Cook couldn't get a start for, for Yonks. I'm not saying he's Damien Cook. My point being, though, sometimes when this talent hangs around long enough, it finds a way through. Yeah. And at the Bulldogs, where, without being too harsh, their hooking situation isn't the greatest, I think he's going to get some time. So he's probably landed in a good spot to finally get this opportunity. But uh, we see Kotrick wanted to play centre, gets his first crack there. Basically a whole new spine. Hetherington joins off for Hickey Ogden in the front row. It surprises me that he's uh, the first up start there. Adam Elliott in the back row with Corey Waddell and Jackson finally moves to lock, which is what I've probably been begging for for the last few years. For Taylor Mariner on the bench, I think that's basically only because he's fresh off an injury, isn't he? From what I've heard. Who? Sorry? For Taylor Mariner. You would think he'll yeah, be he's starting once he's healthy. He's been injured. Um, Renoff to Amunga, Dylan Napa, etc. Even with Ponga missing in a few there, similar deal. First game, crowd in at Newcastle, looking to make a quick start with a few new signings on board. I know the dogs. Definitely been a handful and be looking to make an impression themselves, but I still think there's a little bit more in the Newcastle setup. But I'm excited to see how the dogs play. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to, to see how they go on Friday night. Yep, who are you tipping? <sighs> Tough one, yeah. I'll, I'll go Newcastle, it's in Newcastle. Yep, well, with a clean sweep again, Dean is Mounties also... are on uh, before him, the New South Wales Cup, so I won't be heading up there obviously at work. But um, good luck to Mick and the boys, I think. Um, they put in a good account of themselves, and we've had a good preseason. So, I don't think that game's streamed either. Three forty-five kickoff as the as the game Probably before not. it. So, disappointingly, have to we look see on it. Yeah, we'll NewSouthWales.com, uh, RugbyLeague.com, but I don't know if they're covering it or not. But clean sweep again. Gossip and Dean are both on Newcastle, and the odds are dollar forty-eight for the Knights, two dollars sixty for the Dogs, minus five and a half is the line there. The Friday night game, the Brisbane Broncos at home up against the Parramatta Eels. Disappointing finish to the season for them in the final setup. Kevy Walters finally gets what he wanted. He's in charge of the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, been no shortage again of things happening this off season and injuries and off field and all sorts and talk about all their players uh, you know being up and you got a bit itchy again the other day saying apparently we're not that good and we don't have good players but everyone seems to be trying to buy our players so uh, you know well, I guess you'd be looking for a good start, but I think it's going to be very, very hard when you're missing basically your two best players in Staggs and obviously Haas. But Azarko gets a chance again at number one. Xavier Coates, David Mead, who's returning, are on the wings. Herbie Farmworth and Tessie New having his first crack at the centres. He's picked Croft over Dearden and he's halves with Milford. Front row of Lodge and Pungai Jr., who definitely has had a million chances at redemption, but this has to be the final chance. Turpin, we've seen flashes, but he's been injury-prone. Alex Glenn on one edge, Jordan Riki. Probably the standout for me looking at this lineup on the other edge. Pat Carrigan and the bench. Flegler, Bullimore, Teo, and John Asiata are new in from the Cowboys. And on Parramatta's side, 
it's basically the same 1-13 to 13 as last year except the Michael Jennings spot, which is now given first crack to Tom Apichak, who's a solid player. Um, you're going to expect that they're going to be better defensively. In particular, we saw that finals capitulation on the Moses Wunger Blake edge. If they can't figure that out early doors, there's going to be big problems. They need more from the spine. Like we said, Dylan Brown stood out at times. Moses started the year well, faded. He needs to deliver. Reed Marnie, why solid, needs more to his game. Same as Gutherson. They've got a lot of guys there that are 7 out of 10s and give you a bit, a good account of themselves every week. But I think the only one to me that has any sort of X factor is Brown. I think Moses can have that X factor, but we've seen one year where all he did was want to kick. One year he started off running a little bit. We haven't seen Moses put the whole picture together. If he can put the whole picture together this year with Dylan Brown, it's a very good forward pack. We saw the resurgence of Campbell Gillard last year. Paulo was one of the best front rowers in the comp. Lane and Madison on the edges, Brown. And I don't mind the bench. I think Oregon, after a couple of years playing young, he'll be good. Isaiah Papali is only a baby. They got him over from the Warriors. Hipgrave, can they channel his aggression? I don't know. Uh, and Will Smith is a utility, but I'm on the heels. On the heels, but the way they finished last year was disappointing. And Brisbane, they're going to have to... Show me a lot before I'm going to have faith to tip them. 100%. And uh, even the wingers, back in the last year we talked about, brought to attention for a lot of people about Siva. It's one thing to finish, but needs to be better in yardage. Needs to do a bit more. Yeah. Him and Ferguson need better. And and Ferguson, yeah. Ferguson was excellent the year before. Huge in origin, had an average year last year. And he's off contract, so it's a big year for a lot of people at Parramatta. Um, And the pressure just keeps growing, whether they like it or not, because... They've built up slowly but surely. They've been consistent in the top four. They've fallen short. They haven't added a lot to it, but uh, the noise is not going to go away from a club like that. It's very, very big. And like you said, on the other side, huge expect, huge pressure on a lot of Brisbane players and for them to start well. I don't know if it's going to go that well, but I'm excited to watch Reiki. Carrigan showed some good signs last year, and this is the final chance for Anthony Milford this year. He's coming off contract. I'm sure someone's going to sign him, but I dare say he's not going to be a million-dollar player come the end of this season. And Brody Croft, first opportunity here in the halves. <laughs> Guarantee that. Big pressure on him as well to hold this jersey down. But the odds, Parramatta heavy favourites, dollar thirty, three forty five. The Broncos minus eight and a half is the line. We're all a clean sweep again. Dean and Gossip are also on the Eels. Warriors Titans probably, to be honest, the one I'm looking most forward to watching, besides the Thursday night game. Yeah. I really think the Warriors finished the year very well. I think the situation as is is not the greatest again that they've just been told they're going to have to extend they stay here a little bit but they've got some players on board that have vastly I think improved their squad getting Fushitu and Kemal Malo back as like two brand new players and massive in yardage and I think that Roger Tuivasa Sheks last season he will not die wondering and I hope they all get on board as well so I'm really keen to watch the Warriors play and the Titans obviously finished with five wins in a row, and you've added two of the best young forwards in the competition, which brings a lot of excitement. We saw Fogarty come out and be that player that the Titans finally needed to guide things around. Brimson brought that X factor. Taylor had some pressure taken off him and slowly built some confidence at the back end of the year. You had Moiaki already playing out of his skin, but now you add Fafita and Tino, along with a leader like Proctor and Pichu, who both, again, weren't living up to their tag, but started to play better at the, the back end of the year. I'm excited to watch this team play. Me too. Uh, yeah, it's exciting as a Titans fan. Um, I'll be tipping them and I'll, I think they'll win. And uh, 
yeah, just on, on paper when you match them up. I thought in the trial the other day, in the, in the first half, I thought we got the better of them. Second half, game sort of went to shit. We had some chances late to win it and weren't good enough, but I expect us to be firing a little bit, um, you know, a little bit harder and a little bit better in, into this game. And I just think we're better than the Warriors on paper. Oh, I'm going the Warriors. Dean and Gossip also on the Warriors. So, wow. So it's, uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. We get our first look. Like I said, those guys back in. Aitken in the centres now with Hiku, the halves pairing, Nicarima, Tavita Harris. This new rules, if it gets a bit faster, probably suits the way they like to play. He's picked Tanoa Brown, Nathan Brown, uh, in the front row with Fanua Blake. Alicia Katoa had a, a great year last year. Forms a new back row combination with Bailey Sirinan. They made the move from South. And Tova Harris, he was awesome at the back end of last year. Uh, the bench, Jazz Tavunga, really good impact. Murdoch myself, I'm interested to watch. I said that to you, I hadn't seen a lot of him in the Super League, but again, with the game getting faster and faster and the size of him the last time I saw him, uh, they've definitely gotten bigger. So I'd be interested to watch one of these rules. Bunny Afoa back from an ACL, Lisa Narmiel. And uh, your bench, former Warrior, Lasone, Jamie Jolleaf made an impact last year, another former Warrior, Aaron Clark at Hooker, and the Peach. So, big year again, a bit of expectation, and uh, big year for Ash Taylor. So huge year. Yeah, huge year. Guys around him will perform, but if he doesn't, uh, he'll be gone. He'll be gone, skis, and they'll be looking yeah. for another half. But excited to watch this. Really looking forward to seeing Brimson hopefully get around the middle with Fogarty, this forward pack, Fafita, Tino. Uh, really, really looking forward to this matchup. But the odds for this game are two twenty for the Warriors, a dollar sixty five for the Titans, minus three and a half is the line there. So Titans the favourites in that one. Roosters up against the Manly Seagulls at the SCG and their first lineup: Tedesco, Tupo, Morris, Manu, Morris. No surprise in the back five. Luke Keary's new halves partner. First up, we're not surprised either. Lachlan Lamb. And the talk is that Keary will be flipping to the right-hand side of the field. So they've been heavy left. Yeah. Um, if he goes to the right, that's a bit different. But mind you, playing first receiver, I'm sure they're going to have him playing both sides of the field. In Lamb, you get... To me, similar to what you had with Flanagan and just about anyone, they're going to plug in there with a Tedesco or a Kiri. You're going to be third string. You're going to need to defend well, kick well when it's your opportunity, and just do your job. Yeah. I don't think they're expecting uh, you know, the world of him. I think he'll do his job well. Friend at nine, Tokiaho and Collins, the starting front row. Crichton, outstanding last year. Great finish in origin. Tupanua gets the first crack to occupy the other edge with Cordner out. Isaac Liu at lock and on the bench. Jared, so don't know if he's a bit underdone or coming off any injuries. He's on the bench with Nat Butcher and Daniel Fafita, who got a taste of first grade last year, the new forward. Adam Kieran, uh, a great utility player. Half center, can play multiple positions. Uh, they've got good coverage in him there. And obviously, we're a few weeks away from seeing Radley. He's now got the suspension and Verrills. I think Robinson confirmed the other day they were going to wait two or three games just to make sure they're absolutely 100% ready to go. Um, and as the year goes on, I, I guess one of the things we're going to be watching here is the situation with the halves. All the talk around Sam Walker. Will it be Kieran? Will it be Lamb? I think Lamb will get first crack. Everyone's seen good glimpses of Sam Walker. Uh, I, I dare say we'll see him at some stage. Will he usurp that jersey? I do not know. But when he's ready to go and if he's ready to go, if he does get in and what I've seen of him, uh, they're just going to be dangerous. Yeah, They're still a dangerous side. I think a lot of people have overlooked this team, Cordner potentially comes back. 
mid-season. Sawali, whether he gets the exemption or not, uh, they've just injected some good young blood on their side, and we talked about it in our pre-season uh, preview. They've got some kids coming through their system that are just really, really good kids. Tafu White, the two twins that we saw, uh, the tour for Graham brothers, like they're, they're just a production line. They're very smart. They're very precise with what they're doing. They're not going to fall off. Nope. They're going to be around. They're going to be a pain in the ass. They're going to be very, very good. For Manly, well, as Dez does, throws up some crazy stuff. Dylan Walker gets first crack at fullback with Tommy not available. Jason Saab at his new club on one wing with Ruben Garrick, Parker, and Sully the centres. The old firm, Foran and Cherry Evans back together. Lachlan Croker at nine. Interesting one there. Like we said, massive not having uh, a well-known nine. Aloye in the front row with Tapia. Gazuski gets first crack in the back row. Siren and Trebojevic in the bench. Paseka, Boyle, Davey, and Tavita Funa. So they're carrying an outside back there as well. Thought he would have gone for a second option to potentially cover Hooker. I think Cust is injured at that last trial, so they didn't pick him. Um, Schuster is in the reserves. It wouldn't surprise me if Funa was out and Schuster come in to cover that situation. But I... Nothing would surprise me with Des. The bloke's mad as a cut snake, but I never bought foreign play nine. I just think that's crazy no, with his injury history and the way he plays to have even considered that. But um, it's going to be interesting to watch him. That last trial wasn't great. There was a lot of guys missing, obviously. But, yeah, you've got an injury-prone guy coming back in your halves. I think him and Cherry Evans could be very good together when they're healthy. But um, one and nine are a bit of a concern. And depth is obviously an issue. So it'll be interesting to watch. But... For me here, Roosters, I think Dean on the Roosters, Gossip's on the Roosters, I'm sure you are too. Correct. They'll be looking to start fast, get the season rolling, and in a couple of weeks, Verrills and Radley back into the mix. And as the year goes on, potentially Cordner rolling back in. Sawali, if he gets the exemption, or if they have any injuries, is a backup option there. And then, like we said, Sam Walker is the big one that a lot of people are watching that half spot to see if and when he gets his opportunity. But the Roosters, heavy favourites, $1.29. Manly $3.50, minus 9.5 is the line there. Saturday night, closing out with the Panthers up against the Cowboys. Edwards holds at fullback. Staines goes on to the right wing. Toto moves from the right over to the left. Crichton left centre, and Momorowski gets first crack at right centre. So they've gone away from May playing that position. He goes onto the bench as the utility. Luai and Cleary in the halves. Moses Leota first opportunity to be the starting prop with Fisher-Harris and Coruscant at 9. Kick out one edge, Catewell the other, which doesn't surprise me. I think uh, Catewell all around to me is a more skillful backer. Oh, Martin's a hell of a player and a hard player, but missing a middle, I think the way he plays is conducive to the middle and the new rules. So by the looks of what they've done, moving him to the bench, that looks the way they're going to use him most likely. Yeah. So you've got May there to cover multiple st- spots. You've got Spencer Lanu for an impact. Matty Eisner to a player as a middle. And then you've got Liam Martin as a guy who can play edge or middle. But new rules probably suit him going there. Uh, with the way it's going. First Cowboys team for Todd Payton. Can he revitalise this team after a couple of flat years and after what he did at the Warriors there? Drinkwater at fullback. Felt and Holmes on the wings. Isar Masters gets first crack in the centres with Hamiso Tabuai Fideo playing in centres for his first time. Frankie Bolo, big preseason, gets a start in front row with McLean. Robson at nine. Dunn and Hess in the back row. Tamalolo and the bench... Maguire off a couple of injuries. Corey Jensen, and he's gone with double nines. Jake Granville, Ruben Cotter, and speaking today when I saw it, uh, Cotter, who's great defender, good runner of the football. Again, 
conducive to what we're talking about. A lot of these teams carrying an outside back slash utility hooker lock type player if they can, uh, thinking it will benefit the new style of game. Mm. Big year for the Cowboys. Big year for a lot of players. Pressure on Masters, who was a gun international before he made this big move. Things didn't go so well last year. Holmes back from the Jets, not a great year. Starts on the wing. Drinkwater's off contract. Morgan after years of injury. Clifford gets a crack at number seven, even though they know he's leaving the club. He was keen to keep him on board, so clearly Peyton thinks that's the best option for the next 12 months. Hess needs to deliver. Uh, you know, McLean needs to deliver. Maguire needs to deliver. There's a lot of guys here for the Cowboys. Do you see them being competitive with Penner for round one? I, I do, yeah, I do. I think they'll be competitive, but I don't think they'll win. What's it, Penrith? Well, we're all on board with that. It's a clean sweep on the Panthers again, and when we set it now. Penrith was a home game last year. I think they did. Oof. Was I can't remember. They lost. They lost to Para at Para, I think, in the grand final. They only lose two games. A draw to Newcastle yeah, which early. Was at Campbelltown. And they lost to Parramatta at Para. Yep. And then the grand final. They didn't lose a game at Penrith Stadium last year. There you go. So they'll be looking to start off, and again, same deal again. Big crowd in. I think seventy-five percent capacity is allowed. So they had. It's hundred now, isn't it? Wasn't fifty percent when we went last year? Oh. A little bit less. There was a limited capacity, so. After the year they had last year, there'll be Penrith fans out and about going absolutely mad to watch this team live, yeah, so I'm sure they won't want to disappoint first game here. Um, look, interested to see those new edge combinations, especially on the flip side, what they're going up against. Very poor last year, the Cowboys on the edges, so looking to see if Peyton can address that. Masters and Tabby Wifedo, I'm sure we'll see plenty of traffic. And then the middle battle. They've got a very big and skillful pack, the Cowboys, but... On reputation, they haven't delivered the last few years. They're going up against a very, very good young, keen pack here in the Penny Panthers. So, yeah. interested to watch that left-hand side. Tyo now over there with Luai, Kikiao, and obviously Crichton. Uh, I'm sure there'll be plenty of football going down there, and they're heavy favourites as well. $1.29, North Queensland, $3.50, minus 9.5 is the line. Sunday, Raiders, Tigers, Nickel Clogstad, Bailey Simonson back from injury, Rapana on the other wing. Sebastian Chris, who had all of last year off, in for Croker for first crack. So he's beat out Smith Shields, Tomoko, and a few others. I'm, I'm assuming uh, healthy and good to go and probably defensively. That's an option that Ricky's had there. Curtis Scott after a year from hell in the other centre position. Whiten and Williams, great season. Looking forward to watching them. Papali, Hodgson back from injury like a brand new signing. Dunamis Louie, Hudson Young on Bateman's edge now, replacing him. Great year last year, Whitehead. To Pine and their first bench for the year is Saliba Harvili, Ryan Sutton, Soliola, and Ryan James debuting off the bench. Uh, left out, Tommy Starling, Emre Gula, and uh, the other players there, Smith Shields and Sammy Williams. So Starling, now the three hookers are back. He's opted for the versatility, I guess, of a hooker middle in Havili. Yep. And uh, Gula, again, fresh off an injury. I dare say it won't be long before we see him, but this is what we talked about in our season preview with their depth. Louis played Origin. Papali is potentially the best front row in the comp. Young was great. Tapon was great in Whitehead. Sutton had flashes. Soliola's solid. Ryan James was borderline Origin player multiple times before his injury. Gula is now back. Horsberg and Corey Harrow and I are suspended first few rounds. They've got a spoiler of riches in their forward pack yet. Um, Croak will be missing for a few weeks, but outside backs, so they've got some kids to cover up there. Uh, on the Tiger side of things, Laurie got the jump at fullback, so an impressive pre-season in those few games. They've moved him by to six while the suspension of Dewey is happening. Thought Madden would have got first crack, but they've got him extended bench at number 18, so maybe a possible late change. 
and a potentially lethal backline of Nofaluma, Roberts, Leilua and Kapoa. But we'll wait and see. Tamiao starts with Joel Fahengari in a completely new front row. Jacob Little gets first crack at nine over Simpkin, who's not named in the team at all. He's not even in the extended squad. And the back row, Luke Garner, Luciano Leilua, who's their best, most damaging player last year, and Alex Twilight Lock. The bench, Michaeli, Yutukamano, Packer, very big, very mobile. And they've also gone for an outside back utility in Tom Talia. Down at Canberra, crowding again. Hodgson back in. Similar to a lot of people with not having crowds and having to travel around a lot of the year. I think Canberra will be looking to make an impression round one, so Raiders for me. I'm with you, yeah. And clean sweep yeah, again. That would be too good. I think the Tigers will be keen as mustard first up, but yeah, Canberra and Canberra is never an easy task, but uh, I think they'll want to send a message early, so we're all on Canberra. And the odds, they're $1.29, dollars for the Tigers. I think the start may be of some value if you like the Tigers, nine and a half. But as we said, first round, uh, bit of a wait and see. And the last game to finish things off, the Dragons up against the Sharks. Horror trials, especially the last one. They got absolutely destroyed by South Sydney. And the Sharks, uh, you know, with all the noise around Morris, some of the contracts, some of the players. Johnson missing. Moylan having to play in the halves with Townsend. Um, he's got Fafita. In jersey number 20, doesn't make the side. So, again, sending a message in that regard. A back row, Rudolph, who had a great year. Wade Graham, injury, prone Nakora down on form. Woods off contract. There's a lot of guys, again, uh, under pressure on the Sharks side of things. But for the Dragons, it's it's obviously not been the greatest last few weeks. And Griffin's first side, Dufty at fullback, Ramsey and Ravalawa on the wings. Bird, Lomax, the centres, Clune in the halves with Norman suspended and Jade Sullivan getting injured with Hunt. Blake Laurie starts in the front row of Paul Vaughan. Andrew McCulloch at nine. Josh Kerr again is in the back row. Tarek Sims. Fuimano is the lock. And the bench is Poasa Famasuli, Trent Merrin, Daniel Alvaro, and Braden Williami. Uh, he's left out. Ellis, Ford, um, and not really a whole lot of depth there, so, so not a whole lot of options. Cronulla, great back line. Katoa, Dugan, Ramian. Muli Talo, lots of good yardage carries here, lots of points. Kennedy at the back. Moylan Towns in the halves. Ueli Woods in the front row of Braley. Nakora, Graham Rudolph, the back row. Connor Tracy, the utility. Tolman, Jack Williams, and Billy Magulius on the bench for the Sharks there. Uh, on the Sharks with not a lot of confidence purely because what was seen and cited by the Dragons was horrendous. I'm worried about that bench. If Trent Merrin's on your bench after what we saw last year and Alvaro, who... He's a toiler, but in this new game, I think he's an absolute liability with the way the rules are going. Kerr on the edge, great option with the ball if you can isolate a half, but defensively, I think he's out on an island. McCulloch with the halves. So I, I don't think Aiden Tolman's going to do a lot. And he's just a grinder. The, the, the game's going as well, so... Man. Yeah, I still think... I think they've got... Pretty even sort of back lines, but I still probably lean towards the Sharks. The halves, you know, Townsend's going to be solid. Benny Hunter on his day is good. Um, Moylan concerns me defensively. But as far as the forward packs, I definitely prefer the back row of the Sharks. Nakora, Graham, Rudolph. I prefer over Kerr, Sims, Fuyamaano. Uh Sims is a good player when he's healthy, but he hasn't been the last few years. Kerr hasn't played back row since he left Melbourne like four years ago. I'll go Sharks. And the front row matchup, well... And the benches, I think, yeah, from what you've seen so far and what you know, I'll stick with the Sharks to make it ugly. We're a clean sweep again.
Both of us on the Sharks. So is Gossip and Dean from the Roast. And the odds on that one, $2.20 for the Dragons, $1.65 for the Sharks, minus three and a half the line there. Uh, is there anything that takes you fancy for a bet for round one? It's hard. There's a lot of lopsided games, a lot of nine and a half starts early. But is there anything there that you see a bit of value in? I'm, I'm going to throw it out there. Melbourne of value. I was going to say, I think South's of value with those few guys missing down in Melbourne. South's are favourites. Well, they are now. They weren't to start with. They were outsiders, but... Um, most of the other ones are pretty short, considering. I think if you like the Warriors, don't they? ninety-five Melbourne. Right? That's that's value. Roosters, Panthers, Raiders, well, all... Well, didn't you, everyone's, everyone's tipped the Warriors apart from me. They're 220, so you've got to hold some stock in that. Mm. Um... Otherwise, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, it's usually a wait and see for me. Yeah, and like you said. This round. Like, for example, Penrith nine, minus nine and a half. I, I don't really want to be involved in that. No, nah, not first round, you don't. Um, I think the new rules are conducive to more points. I think lines are... Even Raiders, you know, minus nine and a half. If you even remotely think or slightly like, you know, West Tigers or Cowboys or something like that, Go and multi a few of them up and just take the points. Well, first and foremost, I'll throw one out there. I think that left-hand side and the new edge combinations for the Cowboys are going to get a workout. If you go Panthers into Crichton, $2.70. So, yeah, I don't like those doubles. Oh, I like try-win combos. First week, they're the kind of simple things I'll be looking at. That would be one uh, that I'd be interested in, Crichton and the Panthers, uh, $2.70. I think the, the Roosters and what they're up against in Manly early doors. I, I doubt the odds are going to be that great for a couple of the guys I'm thinking, but say Tedesco, he's at $2. Probably a bit more value on the other side of the field. Manu, $2.80 now that Kiri's playing on his side. If you go Roosters, Manu, you can get three fifty if you power that up. So, there's another one I'd probably be looking at in those head-to-head matchups. It's, and, for me, it's a wait and see this week. I'm, I'm, I don't have oh, I'm not going crazy. strong feelings. You know, like I... I'd love to go, you know, Eels, Panthers, Raiders. Just stack them up. Yeah, you know, well, who I'm, should really... Like, of Roosters, I think Roosters are probably the sure bet for the weekend. I, I just can't see the Roosters losing to Manly. No. But if you went those four favourites... Um, probably get like three bucks, a little bit under. They're look, all pretty short. Let me have a look-see... Four faves. What do you got? Multi. What is my multi? Doesn't show me what my multi is. There it is. Two two eighty. Yeah, but I don't really want to take two eighty. I think one of them will get rolled. Brisbane, Manly, Cowboys, Tigers. Potentially. Well, one of them win. Right now, I'd probably say you know I wouldn't want to have my money on any of them, but the history tells you that one of them probably will win. Like I said, first round, I'd be more me. Just I love having a try score or two. I'll probably have that bet there, mate. I'll probably put that on. I won't, mate. I'll have my few try score win bets and a bit of value in the Tigers Who game. are you taking in a survivor pool? This week? Yeah. Roosters. Mm. First up. Yeah. Chooks. They are the Chooks. Um, and a value one oh, for me. You don't think Des can cause an upset? No. No. Not with Lock and Croker playing nine. It's a concern. It is a high concern. Value pick, again, the way the new rules are, their forward pack, try scorer, 
forget the win. Six dollars for Joseph the Pine to score against the Tigers. Bit of footwork around the middle. I think he'll just destroy somebody. Wow. And Big Pappy, he loves a try. He's still paying four bucks. I think one of those big boys to crash over for the Raiders. If you want to throw a ten or a twenty, just to get yourself a forty or a sixty bucker. If you chuck tenor, a twenty, little tenner. You get an eighty or you get a one twenty. So there you go. Few tipping comp back on it was me and you last year. Goss was there the year before, but now we got four. So that's at least a bit of competition. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, it is. And, uh, as we said, Dean will come in every couple of weeks. We love betting. Once things are going a bit more, we'll try and see if we can win some cash for the punters. That's what we're all about here. We like winning cash for the punters. Yeah. And uh, seen it in the conversation. Someone earlier putting up that post about giving up KFC for the year. You are kidding yourself. That is well, torture. I said, I said impossible. Yeah. Oh, that was it. Impossible. I'd be gone. Done. Finished. That, that's us. All done. Silent. Said. Finished. Make sure if you haven't listened to the season preview, you've got 24 hours or less than to do so. Still available on iTunes. Acast. Our You're a bit new- of a strange cut like that, eh? Like, you think that once a round kicks off, like podcasts become null and void. Well, I don't listen to things You're an idiot. to do with a round once they're gone. One game, bro, on a Thursday. Like this, I would have Come preferred on. to do it last night, obviously, so it gets two days. Because if it drops... But do you think people won't listen to this on Friday? Not saying they won't, but I think there's some people that probably won't. I think you're an idiot. Because some people like to listen to everything before things kick off. Just skip through the Melbourne game. So, See how it's going. There you go. But season preview is still available. If you haven't listened to it yet, get on board uh, before the season kicks off. iTunes, Acast... Spotify, this will obviously be up tonight. Tipping comp, I think I've just got to go on ESPN and I can notify all the last year's members. They're all still in there. I'm pretty sure that's how that works. So I can relaunch that and then post a link up for anyone who's not in that. Uh, I've seen a couple of people post about their own Super Coach League yesterday. So that's all well and good. Yep. Get on board, get the listeners in. I've just opened one before we got on here to record. I'll post a link up for that as well. For the fans. uh, As I said last week, Give us a, a like, a share, a rate, review. Pump us up. Spread the Hashtag love. Hashtag talk it up, mate. Talk, talk the fifth and last up. Help us grow. That's the goal every year. We want to get to more football lovers, more rugby league fans. We want to grow. We want you on board. And the discussion group, obviously, got to post up as well. We're about 500 in there, but... People enjoy the discussion group. It's good. So more of that that's going on rugby league related. Good times. Yeah. As long as you don't flood it with your own random stuff or <laughs> do someone else's page. Try to fight people, we won't kick oh. you out. So it's all good. Right, yeah. We're not looking to kick people out, but I no, will if I have to. Just talk footy. That's all. And be respectful. Be respect. Be a good person, mate. And uh, a big thank you, obviously, to our sponsor, Penrosal Centre. Jakey had a conversation with him the other day. Did you? He's still doing a bit of rip roaring business. He was. Was he? He doesn't ring me anymore. Doesn't ring. He drives a Tesla. He doesn't ring. Like he don't call me anymore, and you wouldn't hear him yeah. coming too in his Tesla. No. Sneak up on you, run you down, out of control. But plenty of people have got on board the last few years, as we've said. It's a great investment. We've obviously both got on to that side of things as well. So Penrosola Centre www.penrosola.com.au. If you're looking to get a system, there is no one better than Penrosola. And for now, finally. The football is back. Kickoff is less than 24 hours away. So enjoy your rugby league and enjoy your week. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it?